welcome to Hope City Online. You're about to hear a message that's part of our series here at Hope City. Check it out and consider joining us in person on Sundays. Our vision for you is that you would have a thriving relationship with Jesus, that you would know Him, you would find community and discover your purpose as you prioritize your relationship with God. So get in touch with us at hopecity.my slash hello for more details and subscribe to our Hope City KL YouTube and podcast channels so you don't miss out any of our future content. Enjoy this message from our special guest today. Good morning church, my name is Sean and I've been part of this amazing family for seven and a half years. Wherever you are tuning in from today, I just want to ensure you that there's no better place to be than to be in the house of God today. I'm so glad that you are here. And I've made some amazing friendships here over the years. Um, and, and it's such a privilege to be journeying with one another. And so feel free to type in the comments below and feel free to be engaged. Feel we love to be connected with you and we love to be praying for you and praying with you together. And so today from the book of Exodus, I'm going uh, to talk about intimacy. And my title is Passion for His Presence. Come, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you are here with us. And we pray that our we pray that we can set our we can set we can set our gaze on you and only you today. That you open our eyes and open our ears to hear your word like never before. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name. So in the book of Exodus, time and time again, we see Moses see God for who he is, not what he can do for him. Let me repeat that again. Moses see God for who he is, not what he can do for him. The God being the God of Most High, he sees the needs of his people. He constantly speaks to Moses like best friend on the phone every day. And we get to see Moses trusting God on the things that he hasn't done before. And in this verse particularly speak to me the most. And in Exodus 33 verse 15. And then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. While for those who need context, the here actually means the desert. And the desert is not a fun place to be. Especially after you've been, actually after such a long journey and you've been there for a while, that it's dry, it's no, there's no food, there's no water, and there's no end in walking, right? It can be a very fearful place to be, but Moses recognized who God is. The God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He wouldn't want to be anywhere without Him. I remember when I was younger. My family uh, brought me to a water park and my dad would take a slide from all the way high up there and we slide all the way down and the family would just watch him. And I remember one time my dad did it and then he walked, up, walked straight up to me and he would ask me, Sean, 
why don't you take the floaters and do it by yourself? Now, as a child back then, to take a slide with that height is terrifying. And I don't know about you guys, I was scared. And I remember telling my dad this, that I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go up there unless you are with me. I know it doesn't change the difficulty of the slide. It doesn't change the height of the slide. But I know when my father is with me, I am safe. And by having him with me, I can trust him. Coming back to Exodus, Moses practiced courage when he felt like he's nobody. God is with him. He practiced patience when God asked him to wait. And he practiced to ask God when he, went no, when he had no other idea in the wilderness. There's this Chinese saying, which then also means the end of man's life is the beginning of Christ. I don't know what you guys are going through today, whether you are in a wilderness season or whether you are searching for an answer. It's the same with all of you guys. I do have my own battles. I do have my own mountains to climb and I do have my own giants to defeat. If you can take away one thing from my sharing today, I hope you can remember this. Sometimes if God's promises is too far away, remember God's character can fill you because He's always love and He has the best intention for you, for me, for all of us. Well, to know God's character, you need to first have a relationship with Him. And I'm going to help you with some practical steps that works for me and hope that will eventually help you as well. Okay, number one, block out your time. And well, I always use Google Calendar and I use Google Calendar to block out my time to spend time with God. And to spend time with God is like having a Zoom meeting, right? And all of us had multiple Zoom meetings over the past three years. And, and God, to me, God is like a God who is waiting in the waiting room for a long time, who is just waiting to speak to me. And, and people say, so what do you do when you spend time with God? Many people will say, read the Bible. I say, yes, Bible should be your main source to feed yourself, but also feel free to switch things up. Having relationship is fun and it's supposed to be fun. So as having relationship with God, right? And there are many different resources out there, podcasts, sermons, worship, music, and many courses are all online made available for us. And you can even get yourself a book to inspire yourself. And all that above, that can help you to look forward into spending time with God. Number two, Plant yourself in a community. That's our heart as a church unit. You are not meant to do it by yourself. Moses didn't do it by himself. Jesus didn't do it by himself either. And we have the best dinner parties in town. And we meet up every Wednesday uh, at night in someone's house to share about our life journey. And now we even have one in, on a Sunday afternoon. And don't worry if you think your sharing is burdening other people. I just want to encourage you that sometimes God 
will use your wilderness season to inspire other people's journey. And if you open your heart and let people journey with you and you journey with other people, I can ensure you that God is going to show you things that more further beyond than what you can imagine. Number three, which is the last point, have faith. Simple, right? Faith is our responsibility and the only one who can guarantee that you enjoy a strong faith is you yourself. Yes, God has given us faith as a gift, but only you can exercise the faith to its full potential. God has given you the tools that you need to develop a strong faith, like what I said, the point one and point two above. And the kind of faith that moves mountains, shuts the mouth of the lions, quenches the flames of fire, turn weakness to strength, and puts the whole armies to flight. That's Hebrew 11, 33 to 34. I love plants and gardening, and I strongly believe that what you sow is what you harvest. And feeding your faith is like a tiny little seed. And you need to give it time, care, repeat the process again and again. And that's how you water the seed and how you build your faith. Church, God is always love. He is closer than you know. Just like the little boy who was afraid of the slide, but with the company of his father, which is me, the when I was boy, the boy is safe. Not taking away the hardship that you need to go through, but for who he is, you can stand in confidence that he will lead you through it. Have a great week, church. God bless you. Hi, my name is Jennifer, and I'm excited to bring to you the Word of God today. So let me start by sharing with you a story. In the 16th century Europe, an architect go for a walk and he saw three brick layer. So he walked to the first brick layer and asked him, what are you doing? The first brick layer replied, can you not see? I'm working very hard laying bricks to feed for my family. Then he walked to the second brick layer and he asked him the same question. The second brick layer replied, I am a builder. I am building walls. Then he finally walked to the third brick layer. And again, he asked him the same question. The third brick layer looked at him with passion in his eyes and said that, I am building a cathedral. Wow, three brick layer literally doing the same thing, but with so different perspective. I want us to take a moment to pause. Are we the first brick layer who building the wall is just a means to provide for our family? Or are we the second brick layer? To him, building, was, building the wall was just his identity and his occupation. Or are we the third brick layer who is able to see more than just a job. To him, building the wall was his purpose and his calling. So let us relate that to Moses. Let us talk about Moses for a minute. I believe for the first 40 years of Moses' life, I can probably imagine Moses being the first or second bricklayer 
and live as a shepherd among the people in Sinai Peninsula. Until one day, one fine day, Moses hear the voice of God from the burning bush and call him to return to Egypt and free his fellow Israelite from slavery. And that changes Moses' life completely. Moses now has a calling and a purpose. So let us look at what exactly Moses did to switch him from that posture of bricklayer to the cathedral builder. Moses did exactly two things. There's only two things that Moses did to change from that perspective as a bricklayer to cathedral builder. So Moses, first, Moses hear the voice of God. And second, Moses was obedient. As we read through Exodus, we see how the Lord interacts with Moses. I do not know about you, but for me, I just feel that is just so beautiful. The relationship, the interaction, the intimacy Moses has with the Lord. How the Lord can speak to us so personally, and yet it is so timely and relevant to us in all different circumstances. One of the greatest blessings we, as a true disciple of Jesus, is the ability to hear His voice. In John chapter 10, 27, God said, the Bible said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Just like how God has appeared to Moses, telling him to lead the people out of Egypt. Never forget the same God is speaking to me and you today. And it is just as powerful as he is when he spoke to Moses and the other prophet. Jesus is our good shepherd and he's promised that we will hear his voice and he is desire to show us the secret wisdom of his kingdom as we journey with him. The issue for the majority of the people is that God isn't choosing to speak to them. It's that they are not choosing to listen and tuning in with God. A fundamental error that people make is thinking that hearing God is a passive process. We just carry on on our normal life until God chooses to speak to us. But tuning in is an active process. It is giving God the time, the space, and the attentions that He needs. Moses could have ignored when he saw the burning bush, but instead, he was curious. He went back to the bush and looked again. He was curious about God, and he gave God that time, and he pressed in for more. Let me tell you, hearing God's voice doesn't have to involve a burning bush. Most of the time, God speaks to us in our normal day-to-day. My question to you is this. Do you believe that you can hear God's voice? Are you recognizing that voice of God? And the third question that I want you to ponder. Think about the last one week, all that you have been doing. When did you feel most connected to God? 
So, Moses didn't just hear his voice. Moses also obeyed. How do we respond to God's calls? Was it easy? Was it without challenge? Moses has lots of resistance. From Exodus 3.11, we can see Moses say, Who am I God to go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelite out of Egypt? Exodus chapter 4.10, I have never been eloquent. I am slow to speech and tongue. Exodus 5, why did you ever send me God? How many of you can relate to that story? How many of you are like Moses? Moses' first excuse was he was nobody and totally inadequate to do what God was calling him to do. And then the second excuse, he asked God, how? How do I do that? I don't have the ability. I'm not eloquent. Um, he started questioning about his ability and his experience and giving excuse. And after all the excuse that he had given to God, he asked God the why question. Why me? Why me? We all stuck in that cycle. And whenever God asks us to do something, we give excuse, we question God, and we ask God, if you really have the right people for the job, you have chosen the right people for the job, I am not confident I can do that, God. So many times we were put in that situation. Moses, despite his resistance, despite not an eloquent speaker and not yet a competent leader, Moses took a leap of faith. Many times, the humanity side of us tell us, we need to have this before we can do this, God. We have to have the resources. We have to have the people. If only God could provide this. If only God, you show me this, then I will do. That the good news is, you are not on your own. And you are not just obliging, or, 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 or obeying blindly. Just like Moses, he cling on to these promises God has for us. In Exodus 31, 3. And I have filled you with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of craftsmanship. Wow! Isn't it reassuring to know that God has given us all the resources, all the ability, all that we need to do what He has called us to do? God has equipped us with the spiritual gift. He used them along with our personality and our experience to shape you to be the person He specifically wants you to be. Just as Moses, he has his staff as a reminder of God's presence and God's power. And you and I have the Holy Spirit within us. Are we willing to obey and partner with the Holy Spirit and allow Him to empower us to do what God has called us to do? We always ask God, God, where are you? Why are you so quiet? Why are you not doing your part? But the fact is, when you do your part, God will do His. Faith without work is dead. And we need to do our part. Someone once told me this, if your will and your desire and your plans is only second best, do you still want to settle for second best 
or you want to trust God best for your life. Let us all be like Moses, who hear his, his voice and obey. We can trust in the story maker who know the best. Let us pray. Father Lord, I just want to thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, that you have called each and every one of us for a purpose, that we are not just a brick layer, but we are a cathedral builder. For those of us who desire to be cathedral builder, who have yet to hear your voice, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will activate our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our heart to discern that hearing of you your voice, Lord, that we are able to hear the calling, the purpose and the will that you have for our life and that we are willing to partner with you to do what you have called for each and every one of us. And for those who, who know his calling, who know what you have called them to do, but in a position and in a, in a state that is fearful, is anxious and is worried about trading the security of the known for the unknown, I pray a lot that you will also give them bonus, you will give them courage, you will give them the Holy Spirit who will partner with them for you have promised us that you have given us all the resources, all the skill, all the ability we need to do what you have called us to do. I just want to pray a lot that we will be, as a child of God, we will be able to take that leap, leap of faith and to do what you have called us to do for your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello. I hope you're doing well. My name is Edward and I've been attending Hope City for about six years now. The last time I was given an opportunity to do a short sharing was during the Glory Revealed conference. And while preparing for this today, I was looking back at some of the old notes to my surprise. It is also from the book of Exodus and precisely chapter 33. Now for some of you who are attending Hope City for the first time this week, uh, we've been spending the last seven weeks just exploring the theme on the book of Exodus. Joel was just preaching this past Sunday about how Moses was seeking after God's face. And Emma, the week before, was preaching about um, God tabernacling among us, dwelling among us. And this reminder to seek God, to love on Him, to put Him first, really hit me hard because I felt like I could have done a better job and I could have seeked him more, I could have loved on him more, and I should have practiced more of what I've preached. Maybe let's revisit the book of Exodus chapter 33 together. Verse eight, so it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that a pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshiped. 
each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend, and he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Now, I want us to put our focus here a little bit on Joshua, Moses' servant, just a helper. It says that Joshua did not depart. In some other translations, it says he would not depart. He refuses to leave. Now, from his perspective, he would have seen Moses going into the tabernacle. The cloud would come down. Moses does his thing. And I'd imagine Joshua thinking, here comes the cloud again. Moses talking with God again. When Moses is done talking, uh, the cloud disappears and he goes back to the camp. Joshua may be thinking, if the cloud can come down here, if it can come down this way, surely God can do it again, right? When the magic is gone, when the show is over, Joshua chose to stay. He must have thought, if the cloud can come down on Moses, why can't it come down on me? I don't know if you guys would agree, but isn't it true that the cloud would always come down on other people? The pastors, the leaders, mom, dad, an aunt, somebody on YouTube, just someone else. They get another healing. They get another word. They get another encounter. They get another miracle. And most times, if you're like me, we identify more with Joshua. You know, I'm already doing my best. I've already drawn near to the presence of God. God is supposed to show up for me. Where is he? You know what, my friends? There's a happy ending to this story. Many years later, in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Joshua finally found God. Joshua finally heard his voice. All those years, every time that God comes down in the pillar of cloud, I'll imagine that while he was speaking with Moses, he was taking notice of Joshua. At some point, they must have locked eyes. I would argue that as much as Joshua was spending time waiting on God, God was also getting to know Joshua better. Spending time waiting on God and seeking his face is one of the ways for us as children, children of God, to love on him. The most important commandment in the Bible is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. As much as we wait on God, we are making room for God to love on us. The journey of Exodus got the Israelites chasing after food, water, gold, clothing, wives, the good life, anything, absolutely anything, except for the God that has set them free. We see later on in the book of Numbers, God said, except for Caleb and Joshua, 
you shall by no means enter the promised land, which I swore I will make you dwell in. The New Testament says that the Israelites could not enter the promised land due to their unbelief. They did not have faith. This is something that I've chewed on for more than a decade. In every season of my life, this is spoken louder and clearer. Let's learn to be a people who know how to wait on God. Let's come out of our own tents and press pause on our lives. Let's draw near to His presence. Maybe this week for some of us, you know, waiting on God can look like worship set in your own room. With your earphones plugged in, just worship and adore Him late at night. For the rest, maybe it's a read-through of the YouVersion Bible app's daily devotional material in your car early in the morning when you're sitting in the office parking lot just to avoid the traffic. Now, for others, it could be praying in your favorite corner of the house while you're working from home in the afternoon. For some, it could just be sitting down on your favorite chair and do nothing, just rest in His presence. The Christian life is simple, but sometimes it's not easy. Loving on God, waiting on Him is simple, but it may not necessarily be easy. Now, in the book of John, in chapter 20, Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Therefore, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Waiting on God is an act of loving on Him. But waiting on a God you cannot see is an act of faith. So let's be a people who knows how to wait on God. Hey, if you've enjoyed this message, check out for more on our Hope City KL YouTube and podcast channels. For those who want to know more about Jesus, find a Christian community to be part of, or if you're exploring the faith, why don't you join us this coming Sunday for our 11 a.m. service? We are a growing, vibrant church in the heart of Petaling Jaya in Malaysia, and we have interactive kids program for 2 to 12. We have facilities for parents with under 2s and we've got freshly brewed coffee or tea available for 30 minutes before each service. We're so confident that you're going to leave feeling encouraged. To find out more on our website, hopecity.my or follow us on Instagram or Facebook right now. We can't wait to host you.